0: Hello, everybody. My name is Lat Mackey, and this is Sequence Break, Episode 21, Zelda 2. Oh, my gosh, I forgot what we're doing. Zelda 2 with Enchantress of Numbers, and here she is, Enchantress of Numbers, the first repeat guest. I'm so excited. Hello again. (laughs) Thank you so much for being
1: the first person to actually say yes twice. I... I'm honored to be the first person asked twice. Uh, at least I hope I'm the first one asked twice.
0: <laughs> you are, you are. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, for those of you who haven't, do yourself a favor, listen to the Tetris episode and you get to a little bit of the background of Eon and everything like that. Now she grew up in gaming and all that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for doing this again.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Um, instead of getting, you know, the background stuff, how about a little bit of getting, what have you been playing uh, recently? Sure. I know we're in the, the time of quarantine and everything where people are staying home
1: yeah yeah no it's been um so just wrapped up at the end of march there was an event in the tetris community called uh the carnival of death
0: and (laughs) it's a great name
1: yeah yeah and so um in there uh what we do is basically play uh just a bunch of um death mode from uh tgm2 And so basically the idea is uh, there's a Torican or like the counterstop at level 500. If you don't get to 500 in under three minutes and 25 seconds, the game just ends and you get the credit roll at level 500. If you get there faster than three minutes, and 25 seconds, you get to play the second half of the game at the fastest speeds. And it's just a brutal endurance test to survive to 999. And so if you take... Three minutes, 25 seconds, convert that to a U.S. date format. That's 325 March 25th, right? So uh, that's when the where the idea came from. So starting on March 25th for about seven days, um, basically, the community gets together and we play a bunch of death mode and we all submit our... Um, top scores that we're able to achieve during the week. And we add them up for the community death toll. And <laughs> the idea is to try to beat the previous scores, uh, from previous years. So. And did anybody do that? Were there anybody did uh, were, were scores surpassed? I mean, so I think some people definitely hit some PBs. I was a little bit less involved in like the, d- you know, day-to-day tracking of everything this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I submitted, a. I made my primary goal of getting at least an M rank game by submitting a 541, I think, oh, okay. score. So I got above the, uh, I got above 500 in under that three minutes and 25 seconds. Um, but I, I was still uh, a little over a hundred levels off my PB. So.
0: I was watching your stream during some of this and I got to say how quickly three minutes and 25 seconds happens, it happens in like no time. I, I the, the
1: requirements there seem pretty brutal. Well, so it's actually slightly less time than that um, because the timer runs as though the game is like programmed at 60 frames a second. Oh, yeah. But they got bad crystals on the arcade boards. And so the frame rate is actually 61.68 frames a second. <laughs> of course. Of so, course. <laughs> um, So a minute real time is about... Uh, one minute and one point six seconds. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's even more insane. No wonder it seems like it happened
0: so quick. So I'm like, this is not a, not a lot of time at all. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for coming back. And so um, kind of the idea, first of all, I, I know how passionate and how how many different categories you speedrun of, of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. But also on the flip side of that, Zelda 2 is one of my favorite games of like all time. So I've really wanted to take a deep dive and learn yeah. some things about it and explore it in all these in different ways. So I, I appreciate sure. you being the expert here to <laughs> walk through some of this stuff. Um, let's start with like oh, the basics. Of I'm the- supposed to be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I ask the wrong person? I was kidding.
1: <laughs> so let, let's start with like the basics.
0: So how is yeah. Zelda 2 different from other games in the Zelda franchise?
1: Sure. So it's um, it was the second game in the franchise. And there's a lot of like looking back historically, a lot of people like noticed that a lot of sequels in franchises on the NES in the late 80s ended up being very different from the first game in the series and ultimately from the rest of the series. Uh and I think a lot of that was I, I think there are multiple explanations for why that could be. Uh for instance, you know, uh video gaming was still pretty much in its infancy. Like the NES is technically a third generation console, but <laughs> it's so uh, funny to think they about were still it. Yeah. They were still figuring everything out at that point. So I think the developers really felt like players didn't just want a rehash of the first game they played. They wanted a new game and a new experience. Um, So I think that drove a lot of it. I also think um, there's talk that actually, like, Miyamoto had envisioned Zelda 1 with side-scrolling combat. And um, so, like, there may be something there as well. But yeah, so I think just experimenting with new things and, you know, is kind of where we got with uh, Zelda 2. And ultimately, I think maybe it was not quite as well received as Zelda 1. I don't you know historically it's hard to remember i was (laughs) like three years old when zelda 2 came out so you don't remember that (laughs) it was it was a game that we had growing up i don't actually remember us acquiring the game so um but it was um because my brother was is seven years older than me and so uh he like he had all the games and I just played them. And <laughs> it's interesting, like
0: how the game, the first thing that strikes you is how different it is from the first Zelda. But looking back at it retrospectively, there really wasn't any other game after it that was like that in the franchise. Like it still feels like this unique experience within the franchise itself.
1: For sure. <laughs> For sure. I, I just like to compare it to just the first one in right. that regard, at least initially, just because you know putting it into that context that the rest of the series didn't exist yet when it came out and so um but no then we saw with games like Link to the Past and Link's Awakening um they really went back to that you know uh top down adventure item usage kind of uh gameplay which i think is is great and a lot of fun um but i i also think that the combat system in Zelda 2 was far ahead of its time um and that's so i think that's a really really cool aspect of it and there's also like uh one thing that blew my mind when i learned it in zelda 2 if you pay attention and the the map when you're in death mountain at the very southern part going into hammer cave uh it's actually the zelda one map is represented in that area for real for real if you oh pull up God. the two maps you can see it. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm going to have to check that out. I never even realized that. I've played this game a bunch of times. What the <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah.
1: It's like I it blew my mind when I realized it and I pulled them up and it's like it's once you know it it's really easy to identify. But uh yeah
0: So that's, and that's, okay, that's, I think that's one of the things I love about the entire, all of the Zelda games, because my favorite game of all time is Ocarina of Time, but Zelda 2 is very close to that. And it's, obviously the people who made these games care a lot about them. They have all that kind of stuff. There are Easter eggs throughout every single game and homages and how much they care. It's it's so obvious that the developers care about this game very much.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, because like, I mean, the sages in Ocarina of Time are named after the towns in uh, Zelda two right. or the reverse. If you follow the timeline, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, okay. I still have not tried to figure out the timeline. Cause it just sounds so crazy at this
0: point that it yeah, does not seem I like have anything. No idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no. And, and like, it's the first appearance of dark link. Oh, uh, there you go. Very cool. So I mean, th- there's a lot of things that I think future games borrow from Zelda one that people don't necessarily realize, but, uh, you
0: know I, one of the things i noticed about is the return of ganon uh thing that happens when you yes. die in this game yet you never actually play ganon in this game that's kind right. of an interesting so, unique thing
1: yeah so uh so a little bit of lore here yeah. let's let's go into some lore <laughs> do it. uh so this is one of the few zelda games that's actually a direct sequel of another zelda game hmm. so whereas like um a Link to the Past or Link's Awakening or, you know, Ocarina of Time. Like, they've put those games on the timeline, but they're not really direct sequels in the same way where, like, uh, Zelda 2 takes place, like, six years after the events of Zelda 1. And so what the story is, basically, Link killed Ganon in um, Zelda 1, and six years have passed, and his followers are still trying to uh, like resurrect Ganon, and they've realized that they can do that by using Link's blood. And of so, as one would, <laughs> right? And so that's why all of the monsters are attacking Link. They're not really actually attacking any of the other people in the universe at this time. They're because they're all the servants of Ganon. Yeah, and so they want to kill you to resurrect Ganon. And and when you game over, they're successful, but. The whole like story of what you're actually trying to accomplish is um, the Zelda that you're waking up is not the same Zelda that you rescued in Zelda One. Yeah, and this
0: is where you start to lose me with the, with yeah.
1: the different Zeldas, <laughs> right? So, well, if you read the like in the instruction manual, it outlines oh. all stuff, and it um, but basically. So she was, the Zelda that's asleep was the original Zelda in that line, uh, the Hylian line or whatever. And um, and she was, like, I forget exactly what happened, but a wizard or something cursed her with the sleeping spell because, like, I can't remember. But anyway, so she's been asleep for, like, thousands of years. And so... um, the goal is so you had the triforce of power and the triforce of wisdom mm. were the two triforces in Zelda one. And so now you're getting the triforce of courage uh, to wake up Zelda is what you that's the power you need to wake up Zelda.
0: One of the things I kind of like and I think is kind of cool, the same way in Zelda One, is if you don't press Start on the main menu, you actually get some of this lore pops up in in a story right. and things like that. But that's great that they include extra stuff in the instructions because I was that I consider that canon. Like if it's in the instruction manual, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, for
1: sure. So so yeah, and that's a lot of people just assume that it's the same Zelda, but it's it's also made me want like sort of a retelling of Zelda Two, where it's the Zelda from Zelda One rescuing the <laughs> Zelda from Zelda Two. <laughs> So meta, (laughs) right?
0: At Uber Disco, the chat says, and she didn't age a day. Well, apparently not. No. (laughs) So, how funny. Okay, so that's really cool. See, and that's, and I, I mean, that's one of the things that really appeals to me about the Zelda games is most of the lore. I shouldn't say most lore. When I'm playing a Zelda game, I I usually try to consider the canon and the lore self-contained within the game because I notice that there's these timelines and different things I don't always follow very well. The games don't have to be connected, so it's nice that this exists within the game. And you start the game with you know Zelda's asleep and, and. And I don't know if it's a tomb or a bar or whatever it is there at the beginning, the beginning of the game. But it's a palace. It's North Palace is what it's called. North Palace. Okay. She was like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. So true. So true. Uber. (laughs) So um, okay. Cool. One thing you mentioned that I wanted to touch upon really quickly is that you mentioned that uh, Zelda Two was a game that was in your household for a while. But when did you really like become like uh, when did when did you find your affinity for the game?
1: Sure. So like well. So I remember I played it from a very young age and I enjoyed it. I wasn't great at it. Um, we also had a subscription to the Nintendo fun club, Mm. which then became the Nintendo power. And so (laughs) we had, um, like all of the issues that had any information about Zelda two. And so I had all that at my fingertips, the maps and and everything, the guides. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, I knew where to go. Um, and I could make progress slowly Um, (laughs) and like I think I was probably like so I I remember I beat Zelda one when I was about six years old my my mom sat with me and she drew the map of level nine on graph paper as I played to help me beat it (laughs) oh that is so Uh, cool (laughs) yeah and I, I think it was probably like I was like 10 or 11, I think, when I finally beat Zelda 2 on my own without my brother's help. Um, And I'd come up with a really ingenious strategy for how to do that. So I didn't realize you could hop over the gem to avoid placing it at the end of the palace. So what I would do, I would go throughout the whole game and collect all of the items from the palaces, and I would collect, you know... Uh, all the spells and everything, and I would grind up to eight 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 because I knew if you took a level after you were at eight eight eight, it gave you a one up. And so then, yeah. I also never realized if you hit continue when you die and or when you game over in Great Palace, that you start back at Great Palace. I always hit save because I didn't want to lose my progress. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. <laughs> so. Like so basically from that young age I was like having to start at North Palace and make it to Great Palace and beat the game all without game overing right <laughs> oh,
0: no. So
1: I I saved up all those gems to get the maximum like number of extra lives and saved up all the overworld one-ups that you can find <laughs> and grabbed all of those and so then I had like 12 lives or something ridiculous like that going into trying to take on uh, <laughs> great palace. And I was able to do that and beat the game <laughs> that had to have taken a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was 10. What did I have to yeah, do? Right,
0: right. Well, I do have to share a personal story as well, because that's basically how my I say my brothers and I were It was one of the first games we beat on Nintendo. And we all took turns getting extra lives because we were the we didn't know about the continue at Great Palace either because we had never been there. And just the route to getting to Great Palace was destroying us. We could never get we couldn't even get to Great Palace with the three, you know, the three lives that were. So we did. We all took turns leveling up, leveling up. And when you get to eight, 8 like you mentioned, we, we get the extra lives and stuff. So we all took turns and it felt like it took 48 hours for us to beat the game. I don't know if it took that long, but, you know, we, we did the same thing. We took shifts. And and that's one of the things I think I have such a love for the game because it reminds me of hanging out with my brothers at home, you know, felt like we were working towards a common goal. We weren't, you know, giving each other a hard time or anything, you know, we were all in this together. Right. <laughs> so, and that actually brings up an interesting point is that the leveling system in this game, or I should say the progression system. Let's not say the leveling. The, pr- the way that you progress this, through this game is is different than it was done in the first uh, Zelda game. Right. Could you take us a little bit how you actually progress in the game?
1: Sure. So, yeah, they um, they implemented some RPG mechanics that we don't really see in later Zelda games, Very uh, really. Um, instead of having rupees to buy stuff, um, when you kill enemies, you get experience points. And then you can... Uh, When you reach a threshold, it gives you the opportunity to spend those experience points on upgrading a stat, either your um, attack, your uh, magic, or your life, which is really your defense. Um, And so uh, I think that also... Uh, throws people off because that's not how any other zelda game works (laughs) and and the way that they scaled the leveling system in on the um international release uh basically you there's an individual threshold for each thing so like at, at the very beginning of the game you get 50 experience points it gives you the opportunity to level up your life but you can skip that if you want to, and go to a hundred to level up magic, or two hundred to level up attack. Um, and but like also that's another thing. When I was a kid, like I didn't really understand that, and so <laughs> I would just always take the level that as it came. Right. Um, and so that was uh, we learn. You know, with speedrunning, it you can actually abuse that because attack's always the most expensive one. And uh, when you place a gem at a palace, it always go- brings you up to whatever that next threshold is. Uh, so you can really get some uh, ridiculous um, level up boosts uh, by abusing that. In a casual or a blind
0: playthrough, are there what are the like the required elements that have to be gained to beat the game to be able to
1: complete the yeah. game? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think typically on a casual or a blind. Through your most people will end up 100%ing the game. Okay. Um, that's not what's required, but that's usually what will happen. You do have to get all of the magic containers uh, because it's a thing that people don't always realize. But if you uh, on the eastern continent, there are so there's four magic spells on each continent, and uh, there's a requirement you have to have a certain number of magic containers to be able to acquire all the spells and so in order to get the fire spell you've got to have five magic containers that's usually no big deal uh in order to get the reflect spell you've got to have six um in order to get the spell spell you've got to have seven and in order to get thunder spell you've got to have eight and usually someone will like it's not uncommon for someone to miss either the magic container in death mountain or the magic container in maze island um And so if you miss one of those, then you get there since the eighth and final magic container is in new Casudo where, and you have to have seven magic containers to get that one as well. um, You can't get either the spell spell or the thunder spell um, at that point. And that's, uh, I think people who run into that find that pretty frustrating. And I, I can certainly uh, understand why that would be frustrating (laughs) It's tough to remember
0: back to, like, the first time I ever played the game. I can't really remember. But I noticed that on a casual or blind playthrough, the game feels somewhat linear, even though there are there are a fair amount of random elements. There, there are overworld random encounters and, and things like that. Um, in, if you're watching the video of this, this actually is uh, Eon's uh, 100% run. And um, I believe it th- was this world record at the time, I believe.
1: Uh, yeah, it would have been a world record at the time if that's my PB. <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's. That was my world record for a little while, and then uh, Simple Dude came back and bopped me pretty good. So, <laughs>
0: as he has a tendency to do, he yes. grinds quite a bit. We'll get into the speedrun stuff in, uh, in a moment here. Um, I, sure. I, one of the things that you, you, you know you mentioned uh, of a hundred percent or of playing through the game casually or blind is you actually don't need to get all of the keys. There are ways to move through doors, and there's that's I thought was really kind of some interesting. You know, I, I don't remember that in Zelda One. I don't think there was a way to do things. There was the magic key there's- which made opened all the doors, but
1: there is actually a way to go through a key door in Zelda 1 without uh, requiring a key. Really? Uh, so it only works on certain doors. If you're in a room where there's a, a key door and a shutter door, um, if you uh, try to move through the key door as the shutter door is opening, it will let you pass through without oh, a key. Oh, no way. How cool.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that's used for the speed run. <laughs>
1: I don't know that it is. I'm not sure. Cause right, yeah, I've watched Lack a bunch play this game. Wait a minute, yeah. I, I've never seen him do that. <laughs> well, cause typically it's probably faster to, if you need to go through the key door rather than the shutter door, it's probably faster just to go through the key with a key right. than to kill everyone in the room. That so makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the, the basics, the, the game, I, now help me out here. Did, did the NES version come out? Did the Famicom disk system, Which which version of this game was the first one that was released?
1: Yeah, the uh, Famicom Disk System version released first, um, which I actually have a copy of that over here. <laughs> cool. Is it? um, but it's... Uh, yeah, so that one came out first. Um, and I think about a year later, the NES version came out. Um, and so I think it was 87 in Japan and 88 in the United States. And then I think a little bit later in Europe. So are these uh, there are- were actually... Go ahead. A couple different... Oh, there were a couple of different versions that released in Europe, too, so...
0: Oh, wow. And were there... So, I guess, let's let's first talk about what are the, some of the differences between the FDS and the NES version, and then maybe tell walk us through some of the revisions as well.
1: Sure, yeah. So, uh, there's quite a... Like, it's a large enough difference that... So, for a while, we just had separate, like, boards on the... Or separate, like, categories on the same board, but we've actually... Uh, as a community, made the decision to split the uh, FDS version and the NES version into completely separate uh, like leaderboard pages oh, wow. uh, on wow. speedrun.com. So, nice. um, and part of the reason for that is the level-up system is very different. So like I said, how uh, in the North American or in the NES version, if you get 50 experience, you can level up life. If you get 100, you can level up magic for your first levels and, and so on. Um the Famicom disk system version instead, uh the first level up is at fifty, but then you can pick any of the three stats to level up at fifty.
0: Oh, that's pretty nice. I didn't realize that. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah a, that's so, a big
1: difference. <laughs> so like the cool thing is if you get the right drops uh, in the Famicom disk system version for the all keys speed run there, you can actually have attack seven leaving palace 1. Jesus oh, that's OP. <laughs> so, so yeah. you leave palace 1 at 711, but there's uh a flip side to that. They wanted uh so both uh the North American and the FDS version did have they used different approaches to try to encourage the player to level uh balanced. So, like, with the way the NES level system works, they kind of just push you into going balanced and taking the level as they come. Um, but with the uh, FDS version, what they did is, um, if you game over, you go back, to, all your levels go to your lowest level. So, say you have Attack 8, <laughs> Magic 4, and Life 3. If you game over then all of your levels are at 3 you have attack 3 magic 3 and life 3
0: Oof. that that so, and run killer to say the least right. exactly
1: so yeah. that's um so that's a big difference there with how a lot of the uh, famicom disk system versions are uh, runs are routed because they basically they get to a point where once you want to start power leveling um attack you can't really take an up a Mm. to save on overworld backtracking and stuff like that and so they basically try to level evenly for the first part and then once you start like going through the palaces and you're no longer taking an up a then you start power leveling attack oh interesting that's so cool that's such a different way to route it out yeah so so like that routes things out very differently there's also Uh, A couple of different bosses in uh, uh, FDS version Um, in in Palace five in the US version, we get boss Guma, which is this big guy with um, he's got a mace that he throws out at you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like um, just hits like a truck. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts. uh, In The Famicom Disk System version, you actually uh, fight Helmet Head a second time and it's a more powered up. Version of Helmet Head.
0: Okay.
1: Um, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, but it's so like th- you also have, there's a room with a false wall in Palace 5 that in the NES version has a blue iron knuckle in it. Um, in the Famicom Disk System version, you actually have a refight of Horsehead in that room. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Getting to play a boss as a mini boss. That's great
1: yeah so that's um so they're like those kinds of differences also the uh this is often attributed to a translation um issue but with uh the palace six boss the uh, fire dragon uh in the nes version it's always written as barba hmm. um in the fds version it's written as Volvagia, which uh we'll remember from ocarina of time say, that sounds familiar flying dragon Yeah with the hammer yes <laughs> and so um but also it's a different sprite that and it behaves differently and it's actually it's more difficult to to get what we call a one cycle on it uh <laughs> on uh, um because it moves so much it's it's only above the lava for a shorter amount of time bef- at, at a time so are, are there any other sprite differences uh besides the
0: boss you mentioned
1: yeah, there are some other differences with sprites. So the overworld encounter sprites, um they uh so they look kind of like um like the bots and bits, like the little jellies, and then um the other one looks kind of like a bear or something that's yeah. on the NES version. Um and then you have a fairy on the FDS version. They all look kind of like ghosts, I think is what they're supposed mm-hmm. to be or like they look a little bit like balloons or right, something. Right. And they're they're differentiated by color, so, like, um, the, I forget what it's, I think, I can't remember the colors now, I think white, blue, and red, so the red is the fairy, the blue is the big encounter, and the white is the small encounter, yeah, um, and then the the river devil looks like this big bear thing instead of a spider, um, there's, there, are, so, also, instead of the ropes, like the snakes that spit rocks at you and stuff in uh, like some of the palaces, they just have octorocks mm. in the uh, FDS version. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the primary ones. There's also some music differences. So the, the FDS had an FM synthesis chip uh, that it could access. So they were able to, like the opening theme in particular on the FDS. It's just got a much fuller sound and it just, it's so beautiful preferred version. It
0: makes, that's the reason I, I, I kind of want to buy an FDS just for that alone. Cause yeah. then you get the full, you know, it just sounds fuller. It sounds like there's more to
1: it. Exactly. And so you get different, like the music on the like caves or the overworld, like encounters is different, um, on the FDS version as well. Uh, and some of the enemies, the, their experience that they give when you kill them is different there are a couple enemies in the NES version you can only kill with the fire spell. Hmm. Uh, you can kill them with your sword in the FDS version. Um, when you when
0: you say let's say you do say you decide to to run the Famicom disc version of this game. Um, what what uh do, do, do the, are loads included in timing? How does the loads work with with doing I, a speed run of the game?
1: Yeah, so we remove the loads okay. because uh, if you're gonna play like on an actual disc. Or with something like a um FDS stick or magic wild card, which is basically like it's like a flash cartridge, like an everdrive or a power pack or something. but it plugs into the RAM adapter for the Famicom disk system. Um, and so it's you get the um the actual like FM synthesis chip and and all that stuff. and it just gives you more consistent load times. But like, they're consistent to using that device but they're not consistent across devices or like the the power pack is actually the flash cart with the fastest load times hmm. um and then the uh, the everdrive has pretty slow load times comparatively oh, uh, like the difference between the power pack and everdrive is like a couple of minutes I want to say oh, in wow. total load times yeah that's so big. okay So rather than making everyone buy a power pack to do the runs on, (laughs) um, we just remove the load times, so... And that seems to be the fair way to do it, because as I've heard you say before and others
0: who play on actual hardware, the loading time can vary from device to device. It's not even just version to version.
1: Oh, yeah. And if you're playing with an actual disc, like over time, the belt in the disc system wears out. And so your load times, you know, you play if you play it every day, uh, your load times today are going to be faster than your load times six months from now so when you're doing this as a
0: speedrunner then it is i'm trying to wonder like what's the easiest way or the the most efficient way to account for this do you just count the load as a split or is it something you you factor in before like how do you work that in so
1: yeah so basically we have a spreadsheet that um so the if you're using some kind of flash media for it your load times for the different types of loads are going to be consistent. So your load type Mm -hmm. of going into a town or your load type of going into a palace or those kinds of things, those load times are going to be consistent. So you really only have to time each one of them once, and then you can calculate based on your route Mm -hmm. what the load time would be. Um, And then we just, so that's kind of how we do it. You, uh, You enter, we have the route sort of, uh, figured out into a spreadsheet and you can put your load times into there and then it tells you how much time to subtract for load times.
0: If you could only play one version for the rest of your life, <laughs> would you choose
1: Famicom Disc or what would be your preferred version of the game? So... Well, with the uh, the EverDrive N8 Pro, we mm-hmm. can now do save states on the Famicom disk system, which is a huge thing. Oh my gosh, game and changer. <laughs> yes. So like, that's like, I, de- I haven't grinded the FDS version as much as I would like to, and that's a big part of it. Oh, is yeah, yeah. There hasn't been a good way to, to practice some of the things that you'd want to practice. Uh, because some of the enemy positions and stuff are different, or there may be... Mo- there's more enemies in some rooms in the FDS version than there are on the NES version or they behave differently. Um, so y- you really want to be able to save state that and you don't want to have to go to emulator to do that. Um, and so like, I am really excited to, uh, hopefully maybe at the second part of this year, I can really buckle down and do some, some actual grinding on the FDS version. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, but, uh, I got to say the glitches on the NES version are just too good. <laughs> They're so wild. Which we will get into here in just a moment.
0: Before we get into like the speedrun stuff and all that cuz that that's uh that's where it really gets fun. On um, what other versions are available uh, on Zelda sure. 2 cuz it's been ported it seems like it's available like on everything now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so well there's uh there are two uh PAL versions that were made, the PAL A and PAL B. Mm, okay. And I forget which I think PAL B is the one that plays most like the NES uh, North American version, uh, with the exception of it doesn't have uh, it does not allow the fairy to fly through doors. Oh, and that's that's a weird omission. Um, <laughs> as I understand it, it's a it's a way the physics are defined. The doors push you to uh, like push against you as you try to go through them, but because the fairy has infinite acceleration you're able to overcome that oh wow whereas but link gets keeps getting pushed out of it oh interesting um so different but uh, because of the the way they changed things for pal running at 50 frames per second instead of 60 that changed how, based on how far it pushes you back and, and and how that timing works it actually doesn't allow the fairy to fly through the door Oh man! Um, <laughs> brutal. And the the PAL A version is just it's slower in some ways. They did the conversion for mm. uh, the 50 hertz video or 50 frames per second video differently, mm. and I don't exactly know all the specifics about it. I I don't have a PAL NES, so I don't have an easy way to to really test any of this stuff. Yeah, uh, but okay. I'd love to sounds interesting um, yeah.
0: yeah plus you, i mean i'd assume you need a piled display of some sort or something that could display that right
1: yeah so i have a uh pvm and, oh there you go okay that looks <laughs> uh yeah it can take anything you throw at it basically so um but the uh so they also released it for the um the gamecube they re-released it on the Game Boy advance they released it on like basically every virtual console the wii wii u 3ds um it's available on the uh switch Netflix. uh they also have the like whatever the the thing is that starts you off with a bunch of stuff i don't even know what that version's called <laughs> i've not actually messed around with it to play it but um
0: and, and i will say that some of the more modern versions of it as well you know they have the stay states available and right one of the, the overarching things about this game is it's punishing it's just truly punishing so uh, for a modern uh, uh version of it to have save states it's actually quite appreciated <laughs> appreciated right. because
1: you will die you will die a lot if you've played this for the first time yeah and so they um basically the in japan on all of those re- they actually got re-releases of the fds version oh. and we got re-releases of the nes version Oh,
0: interesting. Um,
1: but on like the they, uh, there were a couple of changes that they made and basically everywhere sort of got the same version that was sort of standardized on in the Gamecube where the game it runs at 60 uh, frames per second instead of the NES which runs at what like 60 point08 or something I don't yeah, know it yeah, runs a- slightly fast mm-hmm. and so um, if you run on like the any of the virtual consoles or something like that, you're actually losing um like it's like a second every 10 minutes uh, or yeah. something like that is mm-hmm. is about what it calculates out to so over the course of say an 80 minute run you're losing um 8 yeah. seconds yeah, that's 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 a lot <laughs>
0: yeah so
1: um so and- that's a problem there's also they one thing they did that was good is so when you die on in the game it flashes the screen flashes a lot And there's some of the spells you cast will flash the full screen, too. And so those are, uh, you know, epilepsy warning on on those kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. so they actually toned that down on those re-releases, which are which is a really good thing. That's really nice. Um, Yeah. So that's cool. They also put in uh, on the overworld when you. uh, Pause on the NES version, it just the music stops and everything stops. Um, And but that's it. Uh, on the uh, re-released versions, you pause and it tends to put the word pause, it put that text on the screen. I don't know if, I don't think the Switch version does that. I'm not 100% I don't sure. I, it's been a while since I looked at that one. But I know like the Wii and the GBA versions put the text that says pause on the screen when you pause there. So, Oh, wow,
0: cool. That's kind of, I mean, that's nice to know because there's no other way of knowing except if everything right. stops, you know. <laughs> One of the I, I, many people probably know this, but uh, on the Switch, when you um, when you switch regions, when you change your your Switch to change regions to Japan, you will get the Famicom version, which I thought was pretty cool. nice little touch that you can yes. play. Like you were saying, you mentioned you can play either version regardless of what Switch you have, kind of thing. So
1: yeah, and it- yeah, and that's really cool. And that was I so I kind of did that for mine basically so I could. Take advantage of the switch save states <laughs> the safe on day, the yeah, F. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now I have the N8 Pro, so I don't need to worry about That's... that. Um the other thing that they changed with the for the G- Game Boy Advance version, um, and I don't know how the screen resolution is on the 3DS, but for the Game Boy Advance, uh, it's not actually a 4x3 screen. And so you have a lot you have fewer pixels on that screen. So they had to like scrunch the um graphics a bit um to play to fit the image on there so if you're going to try to do like the healer glitch on um the game boy advance it's a lot harder because you like there are specific pixels we look for as visual cues for for doing that glitch because uh, it's a double frame perfect thing and you can't actually see those as well uh on the game boy advance version so I didn't even realize that it came out for the Game Boy Advance. Is it just called Zelda or Legend of Zelda 2? Yeah, it's a, it's in part of their NES Classic series. They uh, re-released a bunch of NES games on the Game Boy. And so I have a copy. I actually do have a plan to... I need to get the GameCube and the Game Boy Player and all that stuff oh, right, to right. be able to do it. Stream it, yes. But <laughs> I, I, I want to submit a speedrun on the Game Boy Advance version because no one's ever submitted a speedrun on the Game Boy Advance version. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's a much smaller screen. So, yes. I, I, it's funny you mention that because, so this is actually a great segue into the speedrun of this because. When I first tried speedrunning in 2017, uh, one of my inspirations was I was watching ProJ, and I think it was either 14 or 15. He was doing his speedrun for Games Done Quick, and I don't remember exactly what the year was, but it was the first
1: 2015. Is it
0: 15? Okay, there we go. Perfect. So thank you, for um, And I'd never seen somebody play the game that way, and I, and so you know I think like a lot of us who watch Games Done Quick, we're like that game can be played that way. This is absolutely insane, right? So, but I the, you know to learn to play. The speed run. I didn't have a Nintendo at the time. I did have the emulator, the emulator, but it doesn't. You know, even then, I could tell that there, there's this input lag and there's these things happening. So I picked up the 3DS Virtual Console version because what I had access to. I don't, I didn't have a, a Wii or anything like that. And trying to speed run with these little tiny, even though there's the Game Boy Advance, the G, the 3DS controls are about the same. Trying to do a speed run with those tiny of controls, um, you're in for a treat, Ion. If you've ever, have you done, have
1: you done any sort of before? I, so I uh, actually here's my. Uh,
0: oh, there can it is. See it. Oh, wow. So, okay.
1: Um, But I have, so, uh, I have the DS Lite. Mm. You can see.
0: Perf, that's a great and, way to play Game Boy games, Game Boy Advance games.
1: Yeah. So, I also have, I don't know where it is. It's somewhere, but I have a DS flash cart. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that, There's the NES DS uh, emulator. And so, what I would actually do a lot when, like, traveling is... Because it was the emulator, I would actually throw uh, randomizer ROMs, the oh. Zelda 2 randomizer ROMs on there, and play those idea. on the, yeah. uh, DS while traveling. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I have heard that the uh, the the Zelda 2... Ra- in fact, did I, I don't even know if we, I put a question in there for that. But I've heard the Zelda 2 randomizer can be quite punishing.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, so it really depends on the settings you pick when you play it. Uh, you could actually make it uh quite a bit easier than the vanilla game but oh. you can also make it quite a bit more punishing than the vanilla <laughs> game so
0: so so before we get into this the speed run uh wh- when did you start when did you become aware or when did you even try like, what's your history with the speed run of Zelda 2
1: sure so i so i got into streaming and everything in um like mid 20 mid to late 2015 um and i was Primarily, I really just got into it to I wanted to record my Tetris to be able to (laughs) go back and like review my games to get better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I also um, around that time I had like uh, at the beginning of 2015, I had discovered Games Done Quick. I went to Summer Games Done Quick 2015 um and so i was like watching some of the old videos and i came across uh Fiesel's runs from 2013 uh that he did of zelda 2 mm. um and so like that happened and then also uh in the fall of 2015 into uh the beginning of 2016 was i believe the first uh 100 all keys tournament was going on mm. and so i was watching a bunch of it because everyone was playing it and (laughs) it was the hot game and so like it was my um like it was my favorite zelda game since childhood um seeing the feasals runs at gdq and everyone else doing it at the um during the tournament and watching everyone practice it and you know like really I, I became a, a member of the community just hanging out in all the streams and talking to the same people who were in all the streams <laughs> um, I decided like well I already have the stuff to stream I just need to get my nes again and like from my parents house and and then I can stream that too <laughs> and and, you're and off. so <laughs> yeah and so then I that's how I did it I just uh submitted my first run in like I want to say it was like April 2016 or something like that was my first uh, all keys run. All keys. Okay, so that was your first category. Yeah, so I mean, we didn't really have the 100% no major glitches category, which is now I would say the most beginner-friendly category that there is. Um, so uh that was what everyone was running, so I was like, well, let's I guess we'll just do the thing that everyone is doing. <laughs> and my run was uh two hours long and like two hours and 40 seconds or something like that it gotta um, start somewhere (laughs) right but it didn't have any game overs i took a 20 minute phone call from my wife in the middle of it (laughs) (laughs) of
0: course you gotta gotta take the the phone call break well because
1: she was traveling um to a conference and i think she was trying to travel home and was like stuck in the airport or something and it was just like a nightmare situation. didn't know situation. that you were in the middle
0: of a speedrun, though? How no, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, I, like, paused in the middle of Palace 3 <laughs> and <laughs> let the timer keep running. <laughs> yeah, and... why stop there? <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, okay, so if you go to the leaderboards on speedrun.com, there is, there's two, when you search Zelda 2, you get, the 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 category extensions you also get zelda 2 the adventures of like like there's two different uh, uh right. different places for leaderboard let's first break down the main leaderboards and there are quite a few categories here
1: yes <laughs> so that's briefly. actually oh go ahead good oh we're actually uh sort of in the process of changing those over if you actually look for the fds version okay. it's actually it's which is The Legend of Zelda 2 with the number not ii, uh, and then Link Voken is what it's called. If you look in there, that's kind of a better... We're kind of trying to go to organize oh, the yeah. categories <laughs> more like how they are there. Right. And so that's the thing. It's basically uh, our limiting factor is... Uh, I. So I wrote some code to do the API to move all the runs around and stuff, and we just have to, like take a weekend and do that. So <laughs> the categories that are there, like we're going to keep all the categories, but they'll just be sort of moved around and grouped a little bit cleaner, um, so essentially. This is but, actually
0: a good place to start then. So the thing you notice right off the bat is that there's standard categories and no major glitches categories. What what are the differences or what are some of the, if you can go over that, let's start so, with that first.
1: Yeah, so the standard typically just refers to like the all keys type thing. And so um, that's the all keys, uh, it's one hundred percent all keys uh one credit clear, and so that it's it's basically a glitchless category. There are a couple of things that we do allow that people argue about whether or not it's a glitch um, <laughs> but uh I would say they're not glitches, but i also uh i think the term glitch is a little uh unclear, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair hey, that's actually you,
1: fair we could we could argue for hours <laughs> about what what is a glitch what does that even mean so we may actually do an episode on that
0: just because I think it's it's fascinating because there there are definitely there's not a standardized definition but um right in my opinion <laughs> yeah um so you go do
1: oh yeah and then that also doesn't allow for uh game overs it doesn't allow for bays. it doesn't allow there's like the fairy feet glitch for example which is uh one that lets you skip some pass-through overworld encounters with the fairy spell and stuff like that so that's actually one of my questions
0: because uh one of the things and I'm glad that this is out there and popular is like people like to do 1CCs of games and sometimes that's you mentioned it, it's actually part of the category. So if you game over, just naturally the run's dead.
1: Yeah, okay. for a for a 100% all keys run that that's the case. Okay. So the uh the the no major glitches um moniker, it's still a one credit clear but it does allow I believe it's still a one credit clear um but it does allow for the fairy feet glitch um to skip some things and i i don't it, like we call it no major glitches but the way that it's implemented for 100 all keys is a little bit differently from how it is in the other categories that have uh, no major glitches uh type on them so like if you look at instead of the 100 all keys but like the any percent or the 100 where like no major glitches there you can still up a you can you can take game overs if you want you can Uh, Do the fairy feet glitch if you want, but you can't um, do scroll lock. For instance, you can't uh, do the wrong, like the big uh, obvious wrong warps and stuff like that. So
0: before we get into all of the awesome, crazy glitches, wrong warps and stuff that exists in this game, which are just awesome because they break the game so drastically. (laughs) Um, Is there an any percent no major glitch category Does something like that exist or what would like a typical and okay, And what does that look like?
1: So, yeah, there's actually two categories that are that kind of fall under that. So, there's the any percent no major glitches, uh, which allows the pay or game, owners and you know, some of those skips with like the fairy feet and things like that. And that's um, that's a really fun, really neat category because you're, you're able with the way the RNG works in the game, it actually resets when you do like when you. S- Uh, after an up and a or after a game Mm -hmm. over so uh that allows for some really cool scripted walks on the overworld because every time you do an an up a or a save and quit essentially um you're resetting the rng to a known value so you can as long as like you can basically be frame perfect from the start really easily it's once you actually start doing combat that you can no longer really be frame perfect Mm -hmm. but just walking the overworld it's Largely, you can be basically frame perfect to that point. So you can you can do these walks and avoid taking encounters where that are like much longer than you'd expect, um, which is really cool.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that makes the up a abuse so interesting because it, it's not right. just necessarily, you know, skipping back to, <laughs> to, to North Palace or anything like that. There are some really interesting things you can do. That's that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. And so then there's also the any percent deathless category. Um, which is as brutal as it sounds. So you're le- <laughs> you're not getting the candle. You're going to both of these categories. You go get the hammer first with the candle. Um, but you also you have that added deathless restriction, so you can't ever die in the entire run. <laughs> and it's it's also like the routing for the deathless categories is so ridiculous and so amazing in the just how perfectly it's routed out to like in palace four for instance you need so much magic in palace four and it was figured out exactly how to time your magic in just the right spot so you get that magic refill in the middle of the palace to be able to have the right amount of magic to do everything and it's just it's amazing how they were able to do that and route the drops to get the right drops that you need at the right time and (laughs)
0: Yeah, and that's so. I mean, how how have P, how has the the routing in a gener- in a general sense like been evolved? Like, does it start with somebody who tasses it, or is it are, like how do, how do you get to route like a game yeah. that's this big and has this many options?
1: Right. So that's um, I I think it just sort of evolves over time. So like within the past uh, a little bit over we'll say about a year and a half, there's actually been some pretty major percent all keys speedrun. Um, routing because, uh, so it's a combination of runners who were involved in figuring this out. It, it really originated with, um, a runner, uh, rep two, three, six, nine, um, who, uh, he, he, uh, started doing these things we call rep stabs. And he sort of noticed, like, we didn't have any formalization around it, but he noticed that there were some times where like, if you did some stabs you maybe you would get some more, before exiting a screen, you might get some more favorable overworld encounter movement. And so then like, um, and Simple Dude started doing that in the uh, Famicom Disk System runs that he would do just because, so there's one, one overworld walk in particular that was very consistent and still is very consistent on the NES version where you go from the maze island over to uh, Darunia to get the reflect spell. And there's a tile with a one-up in it. In the NES version, you go in there, you grab the one-up. Link holds the one-up over his head (laughs) for like three seconds or whatever. And then you wait for the encounters to spawn and you can dodge them and walk in such a way that you can avoid the encounters all the way there. Uh, On the FDS version, though you actually have to stab all the items to pick them up. So you don't just walk into the one up to pick it up. You stab it and then you can immediately go. So you, you don't spend nearly so much time in that encounter. Yeah. And if you, and so simple dude found out like just based on feel really more, again, no real formulation, just that he would take so many more encounters after that one up on the way to Darunia on the Famicom version than he would on the NES version. Hmm. And so he started delaying on there on that screen, doing some rep stabs or whatever, and he started getting more favorable walks. Uh, And then where it really became big was another runner, Lord of Ultima. Um, He started looking into that in other places. And so there's a, as you leave Darunia, there are two encounter tiles that you want to skip. And that was a really frustrating part in the speed run because you'd go there and then the encounters would like random walk all around and it'd be, you could lose so much time if you didn't get that encounter skip quickly there. So he found like, as he was walking out of town, he started like he read the sign and just read the first (laughs) few letters on the sign And so it says mountain town of Darunia. And so he'd read the first three letters. So it says Mao and then he'd close it and leave. And then those encounters would just home right in on him and he'd get that encounter skip so much faster every time. And it repeatable and repeatable. And he, you know, tested it in more places. And we, we, then we ultimately had, um, I can't remember if it was, I think it was CF. Uh, I can't remember the numbers on his name. Uh, but another, he, He's written like a ROM editor and done some ROM hacking and stuff like that. Um, looked into the code and actually figured out, like basically confirmed in the code that the uh, the encounters have two states, sort of one where they random walk around and another state where they home in on link. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually the- listed
0: as two different states in in the code. Yeah, I don't oh, exactly
1: know how it's it's identifiable in the code. Oh, I don't wow. exactly. And what determines that is the amount of time so that if you're like on a really long walk on the overworld and they're sort of like homing in on you, the, the longer you go, the more likely they are to start homing in on you, for oh, instance.
0: Interesting. Okay, gotcha.
1: But it, it's also that timer actually starts on the last screen before you exit to the overworld. So the amount of time you spend on that last screen before exiting the overworld can determine what state those encounters are on. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so we started implementing that all over the place. And in fact, uh, it really changed the routing. We used to go get the magic container from magic cave, then go get the shield spell. And then we'd try to do a bubble skip to get the heart container below palace one, and then go through the, the bubble encounter and go back to up to palace one. And, you know, what uh, Lord of Ultima was able to do, he realized, well, there's a little bit of variance in how you talk to the townspeople in getting the shield spell. So I'm just he just decided I'm going to bypass the shield spell and we'll get it later. And then that made because the time you already have to be very consistent with your timing, getting the magic container because you want to get a 50 point P bag drop there. Um, his timing to the bubble skip was very consistent. So he was getting, like, no trouble, basically free bubble skips at yeah. that point, which was uh, not a thing that anyone else had seen yet really? uh, as, to that level yeah. of consistency. Wow. And then he started messing with, well, what happens, what kind of encounters do I get after the heart container encounter? And he figured out then, based on the encounter spawns he gets on the bubble skip, he knows what encounter spawns he's going to get after... The heart container and so now he's able to skip that bubble encounter both directions <laughs> you know what's crazy about this too is like the only way that
0: you could have like experienced this too is if you put in the amount of reps that he was putting in like you had exactly. to have played the game this a bunch of different times and i find that's always i i i'm that's noticing that that's a common theme with uh, a lot of speedrun discovery is you know when you when you expand the sample size that's how you're going to start discovering something it's not necessarily the task that does it frame by frame perfectly or whatever right. not, you know which is also part yeah. of it but it's just not in this case
1: right and so he was able to um do that and then that also led to then the time that when we decided to get the shield spell after that was after palace 2 because then that allowed for a much more consistent walk to king's tomb on the way to palace three (laughs) so um it ultimate like it just sort of snowballs and then like historically runners used to get the fire spell after palace five and then uh i they we the uh, river dance walk was for skipping the first fence encounter after the river devil was found and so then everyone stopped getting fire after palace five and started getting it. The first thing, once you get to the Eastern continent, well then uh, we learned a couple more things uh, that mostly due to Lord of Ultima that if you take your level ups in a town, um, you save like a second and a half on the fanfare. It just plays a shorter fanfare on the level up. Oh, no way. And after Palace Five, you take four level ups. Right, right. Holy cow! <laughs> and so, so and you say, that's, you're saving a second each time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so you're saving up to like six seconds or something on the that, oh, uh, the level ups. And and then he discovered a more con- it, so it's a more skill based, less random uh, encounter skip, leaving for skipping that fence encounter, leaving Fire Town or Noburu. And so, um, so as a result of all of this, now once again everyone's getting fire late, and so like it just really changed a bunch of the the meta there. And so it was this past uh, fall when we had the All Keys tournament. It was really interesting because uh, we had so much variation in the routes that runners were using. Uh, that it was really cool. Yeah. How, how fun. I mean, it's, it's a different
0: thing to watch, also. You know, it's like you get to see all these things that are everyone's going a different path. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, so of all of these different main categories, um, the, what tends to be the most popular category and, and why is that?
1: Yeah. So for historical reasons, I think the All Keys run is the most popular. So that it kind of started that this is a run that actually. Sort of dates back to Twin Galaxies. Um, So, which is also kind of where a lot of the glitchless stuff from it comes and that one credit clear Hmm. uh, requirement and stuff like that. So basically uh, it was, they had a category. It was supposed to be a a challenge category called extreme rules. (laughs) And so what that required was um, basically getting, getting everything like we do, no dying, uh, or well, no, you could die, but you couldn't game over. Um, they also required grinding up to eight 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 levels. Mm. Um, they also that's arbitrary.
0: <laughs> I right. guess getting all the keys is as well. But I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, because they Twin Galaxies typically would not allow glitches. So oh, and right, 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 So that's why they wouldn't allow ferrying through the doors, and that's why they <laughs> wouldn't. You know, so um, so that's why we get all the keys. They also didn't allow. There's places where you can get on the ceiling with like a pixel-perfect exit uh, when you're falling down screens that have a vertical transition. Um, you, it's actually possible to get on top of the screen and it. there's really only... It doesn't save much time. In Palace 6, it can save maybe half a second or something because you don't have to open a door. Uh, <laughs> and you save a little bit of vertical falling time. It's also possible in palace four but the way we route it it really doesn't save any time um it if you were able to do it in a different category that didn't get all the keys you could save you know a few frames getting the ceiling walk in palace four but um so uh they also didn't allow pausing on the overworld, which made... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do a lot of pause buffering yeah. to help read the overworld encounters for the encounter skips or to avoid taking an encounter. Um, and they didn't allow that. And I think the, the justification that they gave for that rule was typically uh, as a way to prevent splicing of runs
0: um i guess based on technology and things like that, that i mean that that's I, I can at least i can understand that but you, once again it seems a little arbitrary
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean there are plenty of places where the music cuts slice anyway right, so right.
0: that's a good point right You're exactly you could have cut it eight other places or a hundred other places
1: yeah so um but that was the thing and then i believe it was, um uh arctic eagle uh is a speedrunner from Europe he was for a, like in the early days he was like the uh probably the undisputed um <laughs> Zelda <laughs> 2 champion um we since a lot of people have beaten his times but um i mean still he very solid player if you go back and watch his his runs and stuff uh and it was him and i wanna say pro jn uh we're going to do a race at ESA Hmm. and they um they basically took the extreme rules category and tried to make some changes to it to make it more fun <laughs> and, and more more of an enjoyable speed run to to do and to watch um and that's kind of how uh we got all keys and um I mean, the category
0: yeah, that we so- ha- we know and love today <laughs>
1: Right. And so, so I think because some of that history around what it came to be is, uh, why that's so popular The um, the any percent category is probably the next most popular category in that one. Um, that's a lot of fun. That's really, you get all the glitches in there. Well, we, I say all the glitches, but it's, it's an 18 minute run. Uh, actually I think uh light got the so yeah, 17 something so i think we're actually sub eighteen now
0: 1754 just a month ago yeah
1: yeah so uh gg to light on that we the as a community we were stuck at the like right at just above 18 minutes for years so
0: and uh for reference a uh, simple dude currently has the the all keys world record at one hour 13 minutes 46 seconds and 55 milliseconds i guess you guys also include yeah. the milliseconds in there as well.
1: And so he, Simple was able to using the stuff that uh, Lord of Ultima had developed. Um, and then the rest of the community sort of helped jump on there and figure out more ways to apply that. Um, but using that information, that's how Simple has really been able to push that time as low as, as he has. So, And uh, to, you can still find him grinding it today. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think I just I think I watched him a couple days ago, grinding out some all keys. Um so okay, since we're on the any percent, the run is now under 18 minutes, which is just insane, by the way. Um yes. what is considered a major glitch in this game and how did some of these get discovered?
1: Yeah, so the um, major glitch would be like getting into glitch town, um, where you can do like big wrong warps. So we do the <laughs> healer glitch in um in Rauru, the first town where you get the shield spell. Uh, you can talk to the healer on two specific frames. Uh, it's, uh, game runs at 60 frames per second. Uh, so it's a double frame. Perfect trick. Um, she moves at one pixel every two frames. So it's sub pixel. Perfect. (laughs) Um, have you ever gotten to first try on it? I'm curious. Oh yeah. So I've actually, um, a, a number of times I, when I really grind it, I practice that a lot got because me. um like my the best I've gotten ever is five glitches in a row in practice. Wow. But the one the one time I did get five glitches in a row, I missed the sixth one, and then I got four more in a row <laughs> after that. So I went nine for ten. Wow. That's beating the odds. <laughs> yeah, so um so it is possible to get with a lot of practice, and I mean a lot of practice, yeah. it's possible to get pretty consistent with it. Um, it took me over an hour to get my first glitch attempting it, and so it's each one gets easier to do up until after you've done like thirty of them or so. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and the, it it seems like you can you get you you can take multiple opportunities at it, especially if you're just learning the run. Right. You can just you right. know <laughs> go out of yeah, town, so- and walk
1: back in. You can walk back to there's a, a house that you can walk into oh, cool. and then come back. And it costs like 10 to 11 seconds uh, to each each time you fail it, you lose about 10 to 11 seconds. So.
0: And where wh- where do, what happens? It, what is the result uh, of that? Uh, that I guess you would call it a wrong word glitch.
1: Yeah. So it takes you to basically what happens is. Uh, so the first time you talk to the healer, it puts her into the glitched state, and then the second time you talk to her is on the frame right before she starts to go up into the house, but because of the glitched state, she turns around, and so she's no longer facing the door, and so when you're done talking to her, she tries to go up into her house, but she goes up away from the door, and enters a non-existent door. (laughs) But the door to her house is now open, and it isn't. Uh, it has no target address, so it's a basically an uninitialized door that the game sends you to the default exit zero, which is Glitchtown, which is what we call Glitchtown. And so that's where, in all towns, all uninitialized exits take you to Glitchtown. Huh. And so the way to Glitch town was actually. Uh, it was written up in a Nintendo Power uh, magazine. Oh, wow. In their, like, uh, top secret tricks or whatever, like that, where they put, like, the actual glitches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they didn't know about the healer glitch. That wasn't discovered until, uh, I want to say, sometime in the, like, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there okay. was when um, that was really kind of... And, and I don't even know the story behind how healer glitch was discovered but um it's around that time so it's been around then for a few years by now so it was it was probably through task tools or possibly Mm -hmm. a code inspection but i don't know more than that um and so but there's in darunia you have to get up on top of the buildings in order to go down the chimney to get the upstab spell and so you can actually get up onto some buildings that are pretty high up and if you jump up there and jump into the HUD uh, and then cast <laughs> fairy in the HUD, uh, it basically triggers the animation like you're, you've are you gone down a pit. And that can take you to, depending on how the screen is scrolled, that can actually take you to um, either the up or the down exit, which in a town, up and down are never initialized. So that'll take you to glitch town.
0: <laughs> That's so crazy. So th-
1: so that was discovered in um yeah, in the eighties, like eighty-nine, I think it was in an 80, 1989 issue of Nintendo Power.
0: And the original Strat Hunter apparently was Nintendo Power.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so um like from from Darunia you can you can set up Scroll Lock, which I'll explain in a second, but you can you could wrong warp, but the wrong warp from there will put you, I think, into a mountain uh so (laughs) maybe that's not gonna be (laughs) not not a useful wrong warp from, from there but with uh uh with the healer glitch in the town that we do it in the speed run you have a nice visual cue, which is good and then it can wrong warp you to king's tomb which is convenient because it lets you get into uh death mountain through the back door Uh, Which means instead of, if you go directly from start to try to get the hammer, um, a good time is going to be around, um, if you're simple, you can go sub nine minutes. Um, (laughs) But like a a good time, you're going to be like around nine minutes or so to get the hammer. Um, If you can do the healer glitch and you do it quickly, you can actually get to the hammer in about three minutes. Wow, three minutes. So, geez. so you can save. Yeah, I mean, six six minutes there to save that, and you have a lot less combat to do along the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then the other thing is that so the game has a data structure. Going to go a little computer science. Do it, uh, do it. Geek on you. The geeky. So there's there's a particular data structure that the game uses called a stack, and uh, that's what they call a um first in last out data structure so the uh you, you think of the operations as push and pop so you you put something on the stack then if you're going to remove something you take the most recent thing off that was put onto the stack um and so there's the stack is very small because there's only at most two doors that you're ever able to enter in the game uh through standard play in um the town of New Kasudo, there, where you get the spell, spell, you enter the door to go in the house, and then you enter the chimney to go to the basement. So you've gone through two doors, and then so you have two things on the two pointers on the stack for where it's gonna return you when you exit. Um, but then so those go on, and then you exit, and those come. Your door stack is empty, uh, but you're in. So you've gone through one uninitialized door in uh, to get to Glitchtown. None of the doors in Glitchtown are initialized. So that means <laughs> <laughs> you can just keep going into doors that keep bringing you back to Glitchtown and keep putting more like more door entries into the stack. And so we ultimately for the speedrun we will go through 6 doors. Uh, one to get into glitch town, which is also if you pay attention, you hear the town the inside the house music in glitch town because hmm. yeah, you've, you've gone through the door already yeah, to get yeah. there. <laughs> totally. And so you, so then you go through five more door entries once you're in glitch to set up the state that we call scroll lock. And what's happening there is it keeps trying to add more things to the stack. But it's a stack overflow because the stack wasn't supposed to support having six things in it. (laughs) So it's writing unexpected code in areas that it's not supposed to. Interesting. So so then that has the effect. It basically messes with how the game interprets the size of uh, the horizontal width of rooms and where Link's positioning is in those rooms. And so Basically, it thinks that you're all the way over to the left side when you really shouldn't be. And so then you can scroll the screen to the right. But then because it thinks you're already over all all the way to the left, it doesn't let the screen scroll back to the left. And so if you scroll the screen part way and then exit to the left, that depending on how far you've scrolled it, it will either send you to the down exit or the up exit. Hmm. And then you get to some weird things in palaces that makes you able to route things a lot more quickly when you go into caves those the way it does the math on exit numbers to um determine where you go when you exit a cave that's how you're able to wrong warp through death mountain and get all over the that's how you're able to go from death mountain to maze island because they actually exist on the same map <laughs> Interesting. It's just, it's just math basically you're adding three or four to the ID number of the cave that you're in. And that's the one that it spits you out on. And so you add that and you can get over to Maze Island. You can't ever go back to Death Mountain, though, the way the cave's IDs are structured, but...
0: And I find it fascinating that you can control this. Like you, you're you the one in control of adding in that extra code through your actions and where you're going and what doors you're yes. going through. And I think that's really cool. Obviously for the speed run is that once you set up all these states, you can be the person who's telling the game what to do basically.
1: <laughs> right. And so there's actually in, in different speed runs, we do two different types of because sc- there are two doors you could enter. And so in any percent we just go through the first door five times and that's fine and that's actually really good because then it it also messes with enemy spawns and so you get like free walks through great mm-hmm. palace because the enemies don't spawn until you're past them very cool uh but in a category like 100 or reverse boss order we actually need some things to spawn that won't spawn if we just go into the first door five times uh so what we need to do is We actually go into the first door, and then we go into the second door, and then we go into the first door three more times. (laughs) And then that gives some different visual artifacting on the screen. But it also um, lets things spawn, but then so you have more enemies to deal with when you're under level. But you can then get the spells you need to get and get the items you need to get in the glitched state.
0: So, you know, that brings up a really good question because watching this, it, it can be a bit jarring to watch because there's, there like your point, there's artifacting, there's all these things that are happening on screen that you're like wondering what the hell's going on. Um, how do you, uh, you know, what can you do? Are, are there tools or is it just something through repetition? Like, how do you know where you're supposed to be going uh, and uh, moving through the screen? Because there you, you walk through what look like walls, but it's just artifacting. Like, how do you right. learn to do that
1: stuff? <laughs> so it's, I mean, the rooms are the same as they are in Vanilla. So if you know which room you're in, playing a lot of vanilla helps you learn those rooms. So you know what room you're in. Um, you can also pull up the pause menu hmm. to re- to fix the artifacting.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Or
1: underneath the pause menu. Oh, nice. Okay. So like uh, as so you use the the pausing, especially on screens that have like lava pits and stuff like that. You use that to help you figure it out until you learn where everything is. And then you don't need to do it as much. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So like those are kind of the big things is, is knowing the room in vanilla is fine. Like that really helps. And then also you can do some things to help remove the artifacting when you need to. So.
0: It, it, it's really fun to watch because it's it, the game looks completely different but also that you know it's 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 i'm it, 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 really respect that i'm admiring what's happening like the, the, the amount of abuse you've put onto the game <laughs> the way you've broken it things like that
1: yeah so it's it's also like basically in order like to route all this stuff out it was i think a lot of trial and error yeah, and sure. like understanding how it i don't know that it was completely under i don't know who figured out all of the cave wrong warping stuff i we sort of found some new things or routed in some new things in some of the categories um, as a result of of playing around with it and then meg mac attack uh who she helped with rerouting 100% a bit and kind of i bounced some ideas off of her with rerouting reverse boss order a bit and stuff like that and so um she actually was the one who figured out the um cave ID math for how it determines where you go when you wrong warp in a cave. Oh, yeah. Um, and so uh, once once we figured that out, then we could just look at the map to know where we were going to go. But before that, it was like a lot of trial and error. And with palaces, it's really uh, convenient and understandable because you know you're just going to go to the down exit. And if the if the room you're in doesn't have a down exit, it takes you back to the entrance. Hmm. Okay. Although it de- the, it takes you to entrance zero because it's an uninitialized thing, and entrance zero is actually not the not necessarily the entrance of the palace you're in. Of course not. Why would it be? It's <laughs> because the the palaces exist in two different banks. Oh god. Okay. So it takes you back to the entrance to the first palace in that bank, so, which we abuse in the reverse boss order and the one hundred percent speedruns. <laughs> because you can wrong warp from palace 4 to palace 3, you can wrong warp from palace 2 to palace 1. <laughs> and and you can start as you're describing this, I can
0: start to see why the the any percent of this game can be beaten so quickly because you can you're literally manipulating all this stuff to make it the shortest right. possible route, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so um yeah, the the old route for the 100% required three healer glitches and then, uh Megmac attack and Squibbins, they came up with a route that required only two healer glitches. And then I was the first one to successfully complete a run with the two healer glitch route, (laughs) which was why I was able to take the world record. And then once simple dude implemented that route, he took it back. (laughs) Common theme here, by the way. (laughs) And then like with, I realized everyone in reverse boss order was getting the magical key. And I realized, well, you don't actually need to get the magical key. You're wasting about, 4 or 5 minutes getting this key. <laughs> <laughs> Once again so, just
0: more doing it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So so I was I decided, well, I don't need it. I'm going to skip it. And so my first completed run of reverse boss order was world record. <laughs> Just because of routing, I was able to save so much time. And, and that, by the way, that tends to happen in a lot of speedruns where
0: somebody finds a new route, whether it's a TAS or, or an RTA runner, and all of a sudden there's a three minute break. A lot of Zelda games are actually experiencing that right now as we speak this year. Yeah. so. Okay, so before, one last question about the main categories before we get into some of the extensions. Yeah. There are some new game plus uh, categories. What what is the new game plus how, what is
1: that what does that entail in this in Zelda 2? What what happens in a new game plus? Sure. So in a new game plus you start over, you have all of the spells that you've collected, and you have all of your sword techniques. So um, you'll you'll have upstab, probably well, probably upstab, definitely downstab. <laughs> You'll have um, you may not have some of the spells that people don't like, like fire or because you don't need to have all the spells necessarily. So you may not have fire. You may not have the spell spell. You may not have uh, the shield spell, for instance, but you're going to have, you know, reflect. You're going to have thunder. You're going to have fairy. You're going to have probably the life spell, things like that. Um, Well, maybe the life spell, depending on. You know, if you're doing just straight up New Game Plus or New Game Plus No Major Glitches, you're going to have different uh, spell inventory between the two. Um, and then you you basically, because of that, you can skip getting a lot of the overworld items because you don't need to get the trophy because you already have the jump spell. Mm. You don't need to get the medicine because you already have the fairy spell. You don't, So you don't really have to go into towns mm. at all. Cool. Well, except for uh, new Casuto to get the magic container if you're doing a no major glitches run where you have to fight Thunderbird. Um, but so you, you can skip those. You can, you go, you know, you already have attack eight when you start, so you go straight to Death Mountain and it's a breeze in the dark. We so have attack eight and downstab. Like you don't have to be good at the game and you can <laughs> just slash your way through dark mountain or dark death mountain like nothing <laughs> at that point <laughs> um, so it's it's a lot of fun really really fun and, and interesting early game in the no, no major pitches but then you're you know you're not getting the heart containers and and stuff like that you're actually not getting magic containers because you already have the thunder spell but you're um, so you only get some of the magic containers and you're so you you have less life less magic as you're going to the end game. And so that part gets quite a bit more challenging. Um, so it's, it's a fun change, a fun way to change it up. It's a good, um, especially the new game plus no major glitches. That's like a good second category for a, a new player. Cool. Uh, one of the things i've noticed and I, I noticed this
0: i've heard the super mario world uh vanilla community talk about this quite a bit is that they love the game and that's why they come up with all of these different categories and new categories and different ways to play oh, the yeah. game and it's great to have so many options especially as main categories whether it's new game plus or any percent or and i think it, right. there there's a there's a category there that can appeal to anybody and depending on the amount of time you have as
1: well right yeah no that's that's for sure and then i mean we have the category extensions yeah. where that's Things really get weird.
0: (laughs) So before we jump in really quick to the category extensions, uh, if you're not familiar with category extensions, they tend to be these like meme categories that are 100... Well, I wouldn't say 1%. For the most part, they're completely arbitrary. They are playing the game in a completely different way because it's fun (laughs) and because you're trying to mix it up. What are some of uh, the the highlights in the category extensions of Zelda 2?
1: Sure. So we have like the horse head percent or schmitty percent um, is uh, basically it's just... (laughs) Uh, Kill horse head as quickly as possible, which I also want to institute a Famicom disk system horse head percent where you have to kill both horse heads as quickly (laughs) as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So um, there's also hammer grab, which is that was actually featured in a big 20 uh, years ago. Oh, Nice. Just get the hammer as quickly as possible. Um, There's also simple dudes with uh, the world record on both those categories. um, There's so we have the uh uh say one more time you broke okay. up can you say that one more time oh yeah 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 reverse boss order is okay. is currently a category extension but that is part of the restructuring of the leaderboards hmm. i believe that one's going to become a main category again so hey. uh, i'm excited about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> my favorite category to watch is let you know Eon's the current world record
1: holder in that one with a 50-33. Uh, Yeah, and so, like, uh, there's also uh, another one that I submitted speedrun is uh, One Hit KO, uh, which is played actually on a hacked, uh, a ROM hack version, a modified cart, that uh, every enemy in the game kills you in one hit. And so... You know, we, okay, so I
0: think the first time maybe some people became familiar with this was a GDQ, a GDQ for uh, Link to the Past. This was just, was it last year or whenever? Yeah. It was recent. And it is, just like in that game, it is completely brutal. I've been watching you play it recently, and holy cow, I mean, it's everything kills you. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm probably going to be playing more of it. I've submitted it to a marathon coming up. So, <laughs> so I'll be playing some more of that as I try to uh, improve my time and put on a good show for the
0: marathon. <laughs> well, it's really, I mean, you, you really understand like how well you have to know the game to, do, to take on something like that um and and i think that if, if you don't mind that brings me to another question um you yeah. know what are how what are some of you know there are all these different categories what, what's like a general approach to somebody who may be starting out in zelda 2 where do you start do you start with the routing Do you start like how do you take on the speed run that could be kind of daunting at first when you look at this game
1: yeah no that's a good question so i mean most people tend to start out with like 100 all keys or um no major glitches now is the other one that's more beginner friendly than all keys because it does allow you to take a game over and still have a submittable run. um, So most people who do that, they still are kind of routing it like 100% all keys and, and not really trying to take those up A's or those intentional game overs because they they really want to get the time on the leaderboard that's got all the names on it right totally um but uh so like the big things to focus on for a new runner are i mean typically at that point you're not going to be trying to route it from the ground up yourself so you're gonna uh we have a lot of resources um around for routing and lots of example runs for how to do stuff and (laughs) and we have our community discord where we're always very happy to help new runners get started and everything and uh the big thing is really just focus on the combat and try to you know because the combat is what lets you beat the game without dying if your combat is sloppy you're going to take damage you're going to take more deaths and so um you got to really practice that combat um and then like once you once you start cleaning up the combat and you're able to like progress through and and beat a game without you know beat a, get a submittable 100% all keys run like then you can start really focusing on things like the good overworld movement cuz and avoiding encounters cuz that's really where your time starts to drop and then at the once you get pretty good at that then you that's when you want to start like optimizing your combat and your room strategies and stuff like that. So it's, um, it, you really got to like take a holistic approach and think of the overworld and the combat as like two different games almost.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, really, I still enjoy like watching people play this blind and casually, uh, because oh, yeah. the, the, if it, the the combat can be a bit shocking how challenging it can be uh and it happens right away in the first palace like the game like throws stuff at you right away
1: <laughs> oh yeah for and,
0: sure and so it, it's I, I i really appreciate uh, at some point i'm going to get around to doing a speedrun of zelda 2 i haven't even, i'm not sure what category and it's unfortunately it's probably years down the line at this point but one of the things you mentioned early on was about the combat and learning how to play and it's, it's something i've actually done before and it's 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 fun it's 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 fun to actually once you get good at the combat it's really fun to perform like it's it feels good in the fingers
1: yeah. oh yeah it it's so rewarding to yeah. be good at the game to be good at the combat and totally. like like it's um just like you know tetris my other big speed game it's <laughs> it's to do well at zelda 2 or to do well it Tet- feels just so rewarding and so good and satisfying so
0: uh that's those are some really great tips and some really great places to start if you're at all interested in uh speed running this game um the uh, let's see if i look at the all keys uh, simple dudes world record right now is one hour and 13 minutes where and 46 seconds where does the task time sit at this and what are some of the things that task does that uh an rta hasn't had in a run yet
1: yeah so well so there's a couple things the um, there are some absolutely ridiculous tasses of <laughs> uh, of Zelda Two, and um, but most of the tasses abuse uh, what we call L plus R or left plus right. Mm. So, which you can't do on a regular controller. Can't do in real end. <laughs> so if you load up in an emulator and change a setting to allow you to input left and right on your keyboard at the same time Uh, but if you load up in an emulator and you test this out you can actually notice that link behaves really weirdly and if you learn to control it you can actually send link flying all around the screen (laughs) super fast i didn't Um, understand what i was looking at
0: when i first saw a task in this game because it look it it doesn't look it doesn't look real
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so like that's so a lot of the tasks are doing that stuff, and so it's really hard to compare hmm. the the tasses that do that to an RTA playthrough because the, I mean they're taking, you know, literally a fraction of a second to traverse a screen that takes 14 seconds for a human to go through. Um so like they do an I think at uh I forget which GDQ, but TASBot did Uh, basically an any percent uh, run of 100% all keys. And I think it was like six minutes or something that it, it beat the game in Um, because and mostly because of that L plus R, it was able to stuff that uh, we can't. And so, um, but what uh, back in 2013, there was a speedrunner boat 60 who did a human theory task of all keys. Oh, interesting. And so, and if you're not familiar with a human theory task, what that is is it basically, it's trying to replicate the best human playable game. And so,
0: so no L plus well, R uh, for so yeah. Definitely. There's no
1: L plus R. It follows all the rules of oh, the 100 cool. all keys category because a lot of times, um, particularly in a game like Zelda 2, that's got as many different ways to play it. The the way that tassing categories. Are defined don't always line up to the rta categories that yeah. we run either mm-hmm. so there's some stuff with that too uh but he he did a task um and tried to make it basically as um the ideal human run with the strats that were known at the time it was done in Uh, 2013
0: Hmm. yeah okay. Um, so that's that's a while ago
1: (laughs) and so uh the world record at the time when he did that would have been i'm not sure if it was a 115 at the time i know when i started playing uh or when i started following and everything in late 2015 early 2016 the world record was a 115 30 so back then it was like maybe I don't know. It may have even been in the 116 range at that point. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he was, Boats was able to uh, get a human theory task down to one hour, 11 minutes, and 58 seconds. Oh, wow. And he was able to do that through primarily through uh, not taking any damage and not taking any overworld encounters. And then, you know, perfect combat. Oh, perfect. And, <laughs> so. I think he said in the notes of his task that there were maybe 3 things that he did that were uh that a human couldn't do or something. <laughs> but you know, he also got perfect luck with the RNG and everything and and perfect combat. Uh and then last year um Schmidty Games who uh he's a good speedrunner of the game as well. Um he did a task and he He calls it a human theory test, and I might question that. There are some things he does in there that don't quite sit right with me, but um, he was able to get it down to uh, basically through the new strats that were discovered and the new routing and and the new everything. um, He was able to get the run down to one hour, nine minutes, 57.4 seconds. Very cool. Wow. And so he was able to take... Two whole minutes off of the run. That's wild. <laughs> I, I i haven't... I Are those on task videos? Doc? Like, where would you... Are those... Because
0: that's such a, it's, it's an interesting category to do. Where can you find those? Are those on YouTube
1: or... They're just... As far as I know, it's just on their two uh, Twitch channels. Okay. I can send you the links if you want to include them yeah, in the show Yeah, I'd love notes. to
0: include them in the show notes. Because that sounds interesting. That's not something I'm not familiar with. Like, we've had tassers on on the podcast before and and it's really interesting that you know the, the one thing you you mentioned and i think it couldn't be more important is task notes you know to submit a task, you actually have to submit it with some notes and some 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 right. clarifications or any sort of insight you might have to how you how you achieved this task and uh as a speedrunner, when i was first learning bonks revenge which we didn't, nobody had submitted some RTA runs. Like there was some really good information like, Hey, you know, we might be able to try that in an RTA run. And there's some really interesting info on that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool that that exists out there.
1: Yeah. And so, um, they like, I don't, I don't know that Task videos really specializes in the human theory. Yeah. I've never seen, I They're, haven't seen one of those before. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't feel like, like I would be very surprised if either of the- Tasses would be submitted and accepted. Yeah, they might have uh, like they... videos.
0: Um, the, I don't think the judging but, criteria that would it would fall outside of the judging criteria. Like, I don't even think they could. Uh, that makes it interesting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: So, uh, like, it's it's a thing I've actually wanted to do uh, a human theory task for another game I speedrun, uh, Bio Miracle Bokute Upa, <laughs> and, and that's could what I, I Mad haven't Mad gotten Mac around to doing it, to right. it, but.
0: Uh, <laughs> What's that? I said that could be that game could buy a miracle could be coming to a Lat Mackey stream sometime soon. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so.
1: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I uh, more, I think they're they're good for uh, particularly in a game like Zelda 2, where um, the things that are available to a task and that are interesting from a task perspective are really not applicable to the RTA runs. Like we flat out don't allow L plus R. If you're right. like, if you have a controller that's worn, the PCB is worn down or whatever, mm-hmm. and you accidentally on it, like if you do it accidentally one or once or twice in the run, and it doesn't really gain you an advantage, <laughs> we're not going to like, I don't think people are, it, theoretically it could be rejected because of that, but it probably won't. Um, but the thing is that if, if you're abusing it, you know, the whole time and you're able to do ridiculous things that, uh, like then that would definitely get, um, rejected because you're, you're abusing it to the point that's, you know, beyond the, the spirit of the categories that we're doing and, and stuff. So
0: I'm glad you bring that up. Cause that's something that actually has come up now quite a bit. And that is that. When you're first learning or submitting or just learning a game, um, there's quite a bit of leniency in uh, in, you know we want more people we want more people to be a part of this the games that we love, and the scrutiny really comes heavy when you get into you know the the top tier times and that's when people start to invest in original hardware and all this craziness that just you know that and that then that's I think that that's an overarching theme and I love the fact that you mentioned the spirit it's it's more of the spirit of the law and, and you know making reasonable accommodations those kind of things right yeah and I, I totally dig yeah. that um what's you know we, we've covered quite a bit um what's where do you like or i don't know if you can predict this but what's next for zelda 2 speed running? this game has been broken it seems like you know seven different a thousand ways so
1: yeah so i mean i it's possible there's some new ridiculous glitch that we don't know about <laughs> or some new application of scroll lock if we enter the doors in a different way like, it's possible there's something like that that could mm-hmm. really open up a lot for us on, on wrong warping. I don't know. It's possible we could... I, I'm not sure there's enough we can manipulate to be able to do, like, an arbitrary code execution because, like, you've got to have enough memory states to be able to write to to be able to have a meaningful arbitrary code execution. Um <laughs> because with like the setting up scroll lock we sure we're, we're writing to memory in ways that's not intended but we can only really write two values right <laughs> <laughs> so um like i don't know that we have a good way to to do a, like a total control exploit or like a you know s- some of those things that you see test spot do at gdq <laughs> um i don't know that we have something like that i think um So I think some things with uh, those uh, strategies about doing the delays on the screens to manipulate uh, the overworld encounters and the walks there, um, I think we'll see those strategies branch out to other categories. And so other categories start to see the times go down. Um, I'm going to be coming back to, uh, my favorite category, uh, reverse boss order. Yay. Um, okay, <laughs> so that's, uh, with, um, it's unfortunate, but with, uh, SGDQ having to delay, uh, and there, it makes sense that they sure. basically, um, removed everyone's submission because mm-hmm. like some people, uh, unfortunately they could make it, or they would have been able to make it in June or not a- because right. of their jobs or it's because kind of, of the, whatever
0: it's kind of, one of the choice they had. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, and, and so some people won't just flat out, won't be able to attend who mm-hmm. had submitted right. to volunteer or to play games. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I think the only fair thing then is is what they did to, uh, remove everyone and, and give everyone another chance to resubmit. Um, So as a result, uh, I I do really want to get reverse boss order into a games done quick. Hell (laughs) yeah. And so uh, I'm also, I'm going to, uh, I'm coming back to the grind for that. And I would like to get a sub 50. Oh, whoa.
0: Uh, Throwing it out there. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's the goal. Sub 50 is definitely achievable. Um, If I don't get it, uh, I think uh, a certain simple dude is certainly <laughs> capable of it. If, if he learns my route. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, you know,
0: and, 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 I'm glad to hear you say that because one of the things that I, 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 you know, I watch light, I watch you, I watch simple dude. Like I, I, one of the things that I love about uh, their attempts is that simple dude quite often will continue with the run with if he's 17 or 18 seconds behind a split, because there is always there, there, because of the way the RNG works in the game and a bunch of other things they're, they' the, you know, they're, 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 like most speedruns, there's probably, there's not going to be a perfect speedrun of this. There's always going to be execution, all these different things you can do. And I think right. that's what makes it so much fun to watch, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's like, um, and it, it depends a lot on like, who did the. T- was. Uh, that cost you that time, right? <laughs> um, right? Right? Exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, Simple Dude will sometimes do runs where he'll finish a run that he's like two minutes behind his PB at this point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, but that's also like just making sure he, he plays the end of the game to be able to, <laughs> yeah, have the late game. I mean, he does. I, he does a lot of offline practice that we yeah. don't see. I don't. I think no one practices the game as hard as Simple Dude <laughs> does
0: that's not surprising
1: <laughs> and but uh even still he he does those runs into the late game a lot more than i think some other runners do i think whereas like so for for example with reverse boss order though if i take a game over to thunderbird in reverse boss order that's six minutes i lost right yeah, there I mean, That's like.
0: <laughs> that is a red. that is the definition of run killer
1: (laughs) right exactly and so um, so like a mistake like that that costs literal minutes is (laughs) and I I took a death to I want to say Rebinac, I can't remember now I took a death to one of the bosses in my reverse boss order PB Um, and so like if I don't take that death I'm very close to that sub uh, 50
0: heartbreaking
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm so, Obviously, uh, I'm stoked to hear that you're going to be returning to reverse boss order. And like yourself, I would love to see this get into a GDQ, obviously, at some point. Um, if somebody were wanting to watch the grind, uh, where could they find you grinding this game out?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm on twitch.tv slash enchantress of numbers. Uh, you could also find me through, I have a short redirect URL. That's heck.tv h-ck.tv. <laughs>
0: Best redirect on on Twitch.
1: <laughs> yes. And so um, I also have, uh, I'm on Twitter at EON underscore tweets. Um, I have YouTube. That's YouTube.com slash C slash enchanters of Numbers, I think. So. Thank
0: you so much for doing like a real geek deep dive here into Zelda 2. It's uh, obviously oh, you're passionate yeah. about it. I, I, I am a big fan of the game. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but if people wanted to get uh, into this game and, and and hang out with the community. Where, where is that Discord? How can people get a, get into that
1: uh, Zelda 2 community? Yeah, so I don't know that I have a good link for the Discord. Is it just it's, called Zelda 2 or It's yeah, it's like the Zelda 2 speedrun Discord, okay. I think is what it's called. Um let me double check the name. Yeah, Zelda 2 speedruns is what it's called. Uh, I mean, but it's, basically it's on SRC as well.
0: You can get Oh yeah, it
1: so the link's on yep. the speedrun.com page. Uh, if you come into my stream or really anyone's stream who's <laughs> playing and speedrunning Zelda 2, uh, one thing that's great about the community is we all support each other. Very supportive of new runners. So um, if you fire up a stream and you you put in there that you're learning, either that you're playing it blind or that you're uh, learning the speedrun or whatever. I can guarantee you, you're going to have at least five of us in there watching you <laughs> and supporting you. And we'll give you the link to the, the discord. We'll give you all the help that you want. Um, we We just are always happy to see anyone. Playing our games.
0: So <laughs> you know, it's 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 great to see people passionate about their games. I could totally relate. I it's it's pretty awesome that you that you all are that way. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next. It's still the the runner I never get bored of watching it. Like I I I I've, I've watched people grind it for hours
1: and I still don't get tired of it. Yeah, I'm telling you you got I'm waiting for the Lat <laughs> Oh, one day. I
0: got to stop submitting to marathons.
1: (laughs) I I will be there to help. I I can guarantee you that. (laughs) Thank you
0: so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to walk through this whole thing. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you return to Reverse Boss Order. This is going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a review. All those things go a long way to helping out the podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'm on Twitter, at LatMackey. Or you can also join the LatMackey Discord, where we have a sequence break channel. We talk about guests. We have questions. It's really interactive, really fun. Please feel free to stop on by. Thanks so much. See you in the next one.